You're listening to the True Victory Podcast. My name is Carmen, and it is my passion to share honesty, hope, and healthy dialogue about how I found freedom from my porn habit. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's no secret that sex is one of the most difficult topics to talk about in Christian settings. And why is that? And I I think it's because for years, you know, the world would pervert sex and you had the church who was shaming sex or even talking about it. But in truth, when it comes to God and the kingdom of God, God celebrates sex. And because there's not enough dialogue about it in church settings, we often just broad brush things over with a lot of dumb statements such as, well, sin is sin, you know, you got to stop that. Or, you know, you have, a, you have a spirit of lust on you, we need to cast that out. Or you need to read your Bible more. Or you're going to go to hell. You know, we, there's all these different phrasings that people bark at us when we want to talk about these types of things. And because there's not enough dialogue Uh, That's why I want to have this episode where we just talk about some of the dumb things we say as Christians when it comes to sex, porn, and lust. So the first stupid thing that we tend to say as Christians is read your Bible more. I know I'm not the only one who's heard this, but this tends to be one of those token statements we use to solve any problem. Uh, Almost as often as we say, well, just pray about it, you know. Um, But if we don't understand what it means to read our Bible and actually hear from God and be empowered by his grace and wisdom, then we're just going to see reading our Bible as just reading a book. And that's why I think the main difference maker is for me is that I finally got to a place in my walk with Christ that I was reading my Bible and I would ask God to speak to me through that instead of just treating it like a book and just treating it as, well, information I'm supposed to memorize or something. And the reason why reading your Bible more or just saying that isn't helpful is because uh, if if you're just reading it, um, you can easily find yourself still stumbling. You know, you could not be attentive while you're reading the Bible. And I think about uh, even times for myself when even after I've read the Bible, I've I stumbled or I stumbled and then still read the Bible and we need to have a different mindset about that. Um, Like I said, if we take that time to think about us meeting with God instead of reading a book, we can learn to be empowered by him and, and ask him to speak to us. And it's not even necessarily about reading your Bible more. It's about consuming the truth that you are reading. That's what we need to make it about. And I think for me, one when i've spent time in the word and meeting with god afterwards i know that i feel more refreshed i feel more at peace i feel empowered i feel his grace on me and i'm i'm ready to take on that day or that week um or whatever it is i was praying about i'm i feel the strength to take that on and so i often use that as a gauge to know whether i've really heard from god or not because I should feel the fruits of the Spirit coming along with um, what I'm gaining, what I'm consuming and reading um, at that time. The second stupid thing we say as Christians is, you're going to go to hell. Or, I'm going to go to hell, you know, if I don't stop this behavior. And, okay, granted, we do know that sin is the reason why we deserve hell. It doesn't matter if we sin once, 
a million times, that's the reason why we deserve hell. But when we're here on earth, walking with God, if all we're doing is fearing wrath or doom because of our sin, then we're kind of embracing a really nearsighted approach to um, our salvation in God. You know, it should be about, like the good news is that we have salvation in Jesus Christ and that Jesus already defeated sin and the grace that we need is available for us to not sin. So if I'm constantly thinking about hell and wrath and doom, I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? So something that would happen to me is I would, you know, maybe I'd stumble with pornography and I would start, you know, I would wait for something bad to happen as a result within like the next hour or day or something. And when something bad didn't happen, I used to think to myself, oh, well, I guess it's fine, you know, <laughs> and maybe I would relapse again, you know, and that I would say is abusing God's mercy. You know, we definitely don't want to do that. Uh, but the flip side of that is that, you know, we find ourselves being paranoid about any bad thing that happens to us. You know, so for instance, if we are stumbling um, and something bad happens, whether it's something really tragic like someone dying or something, maybe something a bit smaller like, I, I don't know, stubbing your toe, I don't know. You know, we start attributing, oh, this bad thing happened because I sinned and, you know, I just need to get right. You know, we have to remember that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. God never meant for bad things to be the thing that gets us back on track. He, it's his kindness. It's his goodness that he wants us to focus on. You know, just think of the prodigal son story. He's, he's opening his arms wide to you, regardless of what you did, what you spent your money on, who you betrayed, who betrayed you. It just, none of that stuff matters. You know, it's, it's all about the character of God. So what I like saying here is that, you know, instead of fearing the wrath and the doom, it's important for us to realize that, you know, our, our call, the whole, the sum of our call, the whole scope, scope of our calling as followers of Christ is not to just simply avoid sin. You know, it's for us to live out our calling and bringing his kingdom influence to the earth. The third stupid thing we say as Christians is sin is sin. How many times have you heard that in a church service or a Bible study or just talking to a fellow brother or sister in Christ? You know, as if that's supposed to be some encouraging statement. And the truth here is that, yes, all sin does separate us from God. But we can't act like all sin has the other, you know, has the same consequences um, here on the earth, you know, if you, you know, what, so if we're specifically talking about sex and porn and lust, you know, we can't say watching porn is exactly the same as you cheating on your spouse. Yes, it's still adultery, right? But it's, there's two different, um, there's two different types of consequences, you know, a whole host of consequences that come with each of those. Another stupid one I, I hear is when people try to compare, you know, someone, in a uh, engaging in homosexual activity as if that's the same thing as, you know, someone abusing a child. That is not the same thing. 
and unfortunately that gets lumped into one big heap for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but people have to remember like when if if a child is being, you know, sexually abused or assaulted, that's not that's not just a sin issue. That's that's a a a justice issue, right? Like someone needs to go to jail over something like that. When two adults who are engaging in a homosexual relationship and they and they're doing it willingly and and consensually, we can't say that's the same as a child being molested it's two totally different things and we oftentimes forget that sexual sin is not the only type of lust you know lust can be anything related to the flesh so it could be eating habits that can be a type of lust so can you know your excessive amount of screen time or um or drugs or alcohol or gambling you know any of those things that are directly rooted to the flesh can be a type of lust. So I think instead of just saying sin is sin and leaving it at that, I think it's important to reflect and think, you know, what are the thoughts and feelings that I have that tend to lead to this sin? So for instance, when it comes to sexual sin, you know, uh, do I trust that God is interested in meeting my uh, sexual needs? Um, You know, does... Do I trust that God's going to help me find a spouse? Or do I trust God to help me communicate with my spouse when it comes to my sexual needs? Uh, all those types of things. You know, we want to be able to trust God. As, as we learn to trust God, we feel less of a need to sin in those areas. The last stupid thing we tend to say is, you have a lust problem. Or we need to cast out the spirit of lust out of you. Here's why I have a problem with that. We tend to forget that God created sex. He was the one who designed it. He designed it to be fun. And oftentimes we, we're, we're trying to like crucify it when we forget that it's an actual gift from God. I get that we're supposed to crucify the flesh and, and you know... Uh, live life by the spirit but when we act like our sex drive is a problem in and of itself then we're neglecting a part of ourselves and and just think of just non-sexual things like i mean god gave us taste buds can you imagine if he didn't do that i mean that'd be pretty boring if all food tasted the same right or what about um just our our senses i mean he gave us our five senses what if what he could have made everything in black and white he didn't you know, he gave us color vision. Um, and even things with nature. I mean, I can't imagine the ocean without waves. I mean, I think that'd be pretty boring. Um, I like going on the beach. I think it'd be boring if it was just flat out there and, and nothing to do. I mean, there's just... And those are just my silly examples. But still, the point is, we we can't just take, uh, you know, certain things about our lives and our bodies and God's creation and just say, well, well, this is just bad, you know. Um, we need to, we need to not do that and act like God just wanted us to be robots. We just really need to stop shaming each other for wanting sex or just simply being sexual beings or just wanting connection with another person. I don't even just mean sex itself, just being able to hold someone else or, uh, being able to kiss someone or dance with them. Like we we need to stop acting like we're supposed to be some Puritan society who, 
who can't experience any types of, you know, romantic feelings or anything. So I have three different points I just want to offer as alternatives to these religious Christianese statements. The first thing is I want to encourage you guys to just reflect on on pride for a minute. And remember, pride comes before fall, right? You know, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So I want to encourage you guys to, instead of looking at, um, you know, lust and all these other um, sins as the main problem, ask yourself and ask Holy Spirit to kind of um, usher you through this. But ask yourself, what, uh, you know, what are the things that cause you to say, oh, no, I'm good. I can do this. You know, I'm I'm good without God. I don't need his help today or um you know, I know what's best for me. What What are the things that do that? Because those are the root issues. Those are the things that will eventually point you into directions of meeting your needs in ways you think is best for you. The second thing I would say is, um, is ask God for his grace. Remember, you know, just like I said in, in Corinthians um, chapter 10, verse 13, it talks about how, you know, temptation, you know, it, it's, it's not meant to overtake you. It's supposed to be something that strengthens you. You know, it's, you know, God always provides some type of escape. And so I want to encourage you to just ask God for that grace because his grace is what empowers us to resist or escape temptation. And the third thing I want to mention is learning to accept God's forgiveness. You know, we can't afford to spend our lives just walking around wondering, oh, am I condemned or not? Am I going to hell? Is something bad going to happen to me? You know, the part of forgiveness that we need to learn is just simply accepting it. It's not based on how good we think we are. It's based on the righteousness we've received with Christ living on the inside of us. So just accept it. Ask God for the grace to accept his forgiveness. We can't keep having def- defeating thoughts. You know, God, God's not impressed when we're sitting there beating ourselves up about, about our sin. So accept his forgiveness. And if you need to, get with another, you know, brother or sister in Christ and, you know, ask them to pray for you. You know, it's, remember the word says to confess your faults one to another, one to another that you may be healed. So, you know, that's why the accountability side is so important because oftentimes when you confess that, you get it out of you and someone praying for you um, on your behalf kind of helps that healing process and you feel so much more free instead of keeping it to yourself. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Hey guys, thanks again so much for joining me on the True Victory Podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, share it on your social media, write me a review, or reach out to me on Instagram at Free Indeed Recovery. Remember, every bit of knowledge that you gain improves your ability to overcome and achieve a personal true victory. See you guys again soon.